This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good to see all of you, your beautiful faces, and be able to be together as we worship. Before I get into uh, the message this morning, we were in a, a sermon series on knowing God, which is exciting to me because I believe that knowing God is more than just singing songs and coming into a building on Sunday. It's actually being worshipers, you know, worshipers that have an intimate personal relationship with Jesus that has allowed his blood to transform them by his power and are manifesting his nature in the world. But we have some exciting things that are going on this, this year as we enter into 2021 that I want to share with you about. But first, a little family business. Katie, who was singing today, this is her last Sunday with us because she is engaged and is moving to Michigan to marry Josh. We will never forgive you, Josh, for taking Katie away from us, man. No. No, I told them that, listen, we bless and we want to see life and, and, and futures and hope and dreams, whatever in people's hearts come to pass. And so he pastors a church up there and here on, just on Erie, near, uh, what is it called? Michigan, yeah, Port Huron. I called it Huron, but Port Huron, right up on the frosty Canada border. So he's been thawing out for the last three days. Now he's finally to himself and here he is. And so Josh, we're happy for you guys. Listen, February 20th, I want you to write that date down, very important date. The reason is, is that we're having a Harbor at Home training. It's really, it's a training, but we're sharing like where we're going with what's taking place in our homes, in our groups. We've always from the onset of the Harbor been a hybrid of both groups and gatherings, but there's a reason for that. We believe that life on life with each other in community, in relationship is a vital part of how God uses other people to change our lives. One of the things with Katie, we've gotten to know her on a very deep level, and that's because we hang out beyond this time, right, with each other. And there's times that she's in Megan's Harbor Home Group, and so this is very, very important. And what we've done now is we've created a way where anybody with a heart to just love on other people and gather other people can do that through our Harbor Home platform and we're gathering and there's worship and there's teaching that comes through that and then you guys can engage in conversation, minister to one another, have a meal together. It's very, very powerful. So between now and the end of May, we are gonna be gathering here on the first and third Sundays and in our Harbor Home groups on the second and fourth Sundays and so we want to introduce you to what's happening through Harbor Home. So no commitment if you're like, hey, I'm really interested, go on the mobile app under sign up and I think, or maybe under Harbor Home, I can't remember, it's under sign up or Harbor sign up, okay? And there's Harbor Home training, just fill that out. Listen, another thing, maybe you're already having a Harbor Home group that we don't know about. Go ahead, sign up under there, tell us what you're doing and that way we'll be able to connect with you because really what we wanna do is pour into our leaders, coach our leaders, have times with you, help develop you in your walk with Jesus, all right? And then the other thing is, Harbor Men, um, we've been gathering online every Monday from seven to 7.30, 30 minutes that will change your life. And so we've been trying to get guys that have been disconnected to start connecting and we've been doing that online and there's a, 
Again, under sign up, there's a Harbor at Home WhatsApp group that we're dialoguing with. Guys are sharing things, asking for prayer. We're having communication in that medium. Sign up underneath that sign up now, Harbor, Harbor 300 WhatsApp Connect, and then we will get you information on all that's happening because what's going on 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 the, the 20th, the reason I pointed out that date, not only Harbor at Home training that morning, but that night we want to have a hang time with guys. Top golf and, and, and a fajita buffet, and the worst golfers are welcome. If you've never golfed, it doesn't matter. I mean, may, if you can just get it off the platform, man, that's a win, right? And so it's a lot of fun, so sign up for that because we need those, those reservations soon. And then the last thing I want to say is we are having a burn 24 hours. This is a time of prayer and worship on March 5th and 6th. Just mark your calendar. Save the date for that. There's going to be other worship teams from around the region joining in with us on that time. It's going to be really, really powerful, and we look forward to seeing you there. All right? All right. Let's just pray. Father, would you open up the word to us today? maybe in a way that we've never experienced. Would you pour out your grace for us to see and to hear? And would life from heaven manifest in this place? Because it's manifesting in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Just to talk to you for a minute, when I entered into 2021, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to focus on the glory of God. Now, I know that sounds kind of ethereal. Wow, the glory of God. What does that mean? We're going to look at it practically today, and I pray that something transpires on the inside of you that would change the way you live and the way that you do life. There's a promise. Habakkuk spoke this in chapter 2, verse 14. He said that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's just not a nice Old Testament verse. It's a promise for the moment that we're living in as the latter house. There was the former house, and there's the latter house. The former house is like what was being established to make way for the Son of God. So think everything Old Testament all the way back to Genesis. The latter house, which is going to see the fulfillment of this word, is us. It's the generation right now on the earth. And God is just roaming to and fro. His eyes are looking across the world for whose hearts are truly his. He's wanting to to, to find himself fixed upon these worshipers that are going to see and be the catalyst for the fulfillment of what this verse entails. The knowledge, understanding, heart connection. Did you know 80% of the earth's surface is covered by water? Can you imagine like that knowledge sweeping across the world at that kind of intensity and dimension and beauty. Now let's bring this a little closer to New Testament covenant reality. Remember Jesus in John chapter 17, this verse is mind-blowing, but I want it to just not be heard, but I want it to set into your heart, and I'm going somewhere with all of this this morning. He says, Father, John 17, 22, 
I have given them, put this up in a minute, the glory that you have given me. Come on, guys, come on. Think about that. I, Jesus, have given them, my disciples, but he's talking about us as well, the same glory that you have given me. Altar call for salvation, all right? Because if that doesn't, if that doesn't, like, listen, we should be exploding on the inside thinking about the reality of that verse. The same glory that Jesus carried has now been given to us. Well, we're waiting for this, this glory to cover the earth. It already is inside of you. It's already there. It's already resonant. It just needs to get out. That life, that resurrection life that's on the inside of your very frame, he wants to get it out. So life. That's a contrast to death. Do you remember the first real manifestation of sin post Adam's fall where Cain kills Abel death literally came into the life of a human being and he perished under the hand of his brother and when God comes and confronts him in love what does he say am I my brother's keeper Well, Darren, where are you going with this? Well, when he's, he's talking about the glory of God, glory, listen to me, means dignity, honor. You can insert praise in there, especially as it relates to Jesus. So let's think about this. Father sees his son. He gives him glory, which is dignity as a human being on the earth. Honor as one created in his image, and he's establishing that glory in his life by saying things like, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, you can take performance right out of that statement because Jesus hadn't done anything. He hadn't even started his ministry. And here, this verse is pre-scattering of the disciples who Jesus knew were going to fail him, and he had already given them dignity and honor. Okay, now let's, are we our brother's keeper? This is going to get real raw, and I may upset a few people, and I'm not trying to do that, but I have to just say it because I want to get my point across of the spirit of death that I see right now in the earth that's in the church. I saw a post, God forbid, I'm not actually even going on social media, of a, of a community of believers celebrating Black History Month. I thought that was awesome because it was given dignity and honor to fellow brothers and sisters in this world created in the image of God that just carry a different skin tone and color than mine. 
And in that post, man, I shouldn't have done it, but I started reading through, and instead of celebrating the beauty in the life of a, of a certain context of people in the earth, there were comments about, well, what about Latin, you know, uh, month, or, or what, what about, you know, I can do this, but I, I don't want to give myself into critical race theory. Why would we even say those things in that moment? Why would we not honor and attribute glory to people as Jesus did with his disciples? Well, because we're not really our brother's keeper. We're more worried about winning an argument or bringing forth some measure of truth that we think that truth is going to now all of a sudden usher in change and transformation in the world, which is garbage. It's wasted energy. And just go back to, to John chapter 17, verse 22. He says, I gave them this glory for one purpose, so that they could be one as mind-blowing verse. Father, you, I, and Holy Spirit are one. Union, togetherness, forward motion in the glory of God. I'm muted or I'm talking about I'm talking about the greatest moment maybe of human history the greatest time to be alive the greatest you know crescendo if you will of the body of Christ going out and really influencing the world I was I was standing in, in the lobby with Igor, a new friend that Wendy and I and Savannah had met this morning. He's, he's from the Ukraine. He had come over here. He had gotten in a little trouble, and he was being honest with us about what had transpired. And the judge told him, listen, if you can't get to this job, I'm going to put you back in jail. But he has no means to get to that location. He has no car. He has no money to even pay for a bus fare. And we were talking to him about the Lord, and he even was using the word, I need an advocate. And we could say, well, Jesus, he's your advocate. He came to, to, to reconcile you back to the Father, bring life into your death that you're in right now. And you know what he said, and God used him to speak to me. He said, I have a lot of people telling me about Jesus being the advocate for me, but I don't have anybody ask, actually saying, I'll be the advocate for you. When are we going to lay down our opinions and our, and our voices that we think are so powerful and have to get our word out that we think all of a sudden somehow is going to have a transformative effect on the world because of the truth that we think we've discovered versus, man, God, I want to, I want to know the honor and the glory that you've given me, the dignity that you've given me. I want to be rooted as a son and daughter in the earth. And then I want to give away what I actually care. What is the fruit of our, our discipleship right now? Is it manifesting the nature of God or are we causing fights and turmoils? Maybe because we don't know him. 
I wonder how much of the quote-unquote church actually knows God. Because if you knew, if we knew God, we would act like God. Jesus is called the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. Maybe another way of inserting it in there would be sons and daughters. Paul Romans, the earth is longing. The rocks and the trees are crying out for one thing to be revealed. Not the next coolest worship leader or a pastor that has 10,000 Instagram followers or the loudest voice on social media. The earth is saying, God, would you reveal sons and daughters? Would Habakkuk 2.14 be a reality in at least one generation. Somebody saying, God, this is what I have to have. And when we're sons and daughters, we actually can be positioned to be mothers and fathers. I wrote a tweet and I said this, if you want to lead, learn how to follow. Whoa! If you want to be a mother and father, be a son and a daughter. It's what qualifies us. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, 13, that some people I just see just want to rip out of the Bible and just throw away. Talks about these, these beautiful gifts that God's given to the world. Apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. Mothers and fathers. And it says that these ones, you'll have to read it for yourself for the sake of time. I just, I just want to tell you, they're going to help usher in the glory of God because they're going, to, they're going to help in their own process, out of their own pain and out of their own beauty. People that the world is not even worthy of, myself included. People that have laid their lives down. People that are all over the globe that no one even knows their names are setting this thing up where they can bring us, by his grace, into unity of the faith. His word. Did you know you can make the Bible say whatever you want to make the Bible say? And then there's people that there's a grace on to like kind of somehow keep us from being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And wind, by the way, is not necessarily false doctrine. It's just from extreme to extreme, from extreme to extreme, from one place of pain to another place of response to that pain, creating more pain in the earth. Sorry, guys, this is sincere. This is for real. I do this at home when he's like, you're so intense. This is not like I'm up here, oh, I'm going to just preach my guts out to you. No, listen, this is flowing from a deep place right now in me. His word, fullness of what it know, means to actually know Christ. Come on, guys. Listen, you got to go study it out with the apostles. They were with him night and day for three years. 
And then he unveils himself and who he really is, whether it's the Mount of Transfiguration or John when he's taken up in the book of Revelation. And they fall on their face like dead men because they're like, we didn't even know this man. Do we know the Lord? I mean, do we really know the Lord? I, sometimes I don't know if I do. I'm like, God, I have need of you. I really want to know Jesus. I don't want to know religion. I don't want to know all of the ins and outs and the ups and downs of just, just, just going through them. His nature, his character, his essence. And then think about this, where where we're fully developed in the abundance of Christ. The life that we lost at the garden that's possible in his resurrection power for all people. His wholeness. His word, his nature, his wholeness. His word, his nature, his wholeness. Sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, preaching with their lives. Not just from some pulpit or in some school of ministry, but with their lives. So, How do we, let's get practical, because I want to give you something that was great, but I want to give you something to walk out of here with. Because I want to know God, and I want to be my brother's keeper. And I want to step outside of the four walls, you know, and, and, and actually be an advocate for somebody and not just talk about the advocate. Come on, that's okay. Come on. Really be Jesus and not just talk about Jesus. So John 1.14, look at this. This is, uh, gosh, the word. <laughs> the word. It's, it's, it's like, man, when you start to eat of it and you're hungry, it's like it's both sweet and then it's both bitter because it gets in there and it kind of messes with you in a good way. It demands change. It demands the transformation that the blood paid for. Which is finished, as Julio was saying. It says this, and so, the living expression, talking about Jesus, or the words some translations say, became a, Michelle was praying this, man. That's a big theological, like, snafu. What do you mean? Jesus was God. Of course he was. Fully God. Fully man, but he gave up his divine rights and privileges. And in that giving up of those realities, lived among us. Lived when the nation of Israel was under a shadow of death. He came at the precipice of a broken moment in human history. What about this broken moment? Does Jesus want to come? How he's going to come is not some God in the clouds showing up in some revival meeting. He's going to come through you? He's going to come through an army. 
How can 80% of the globe have knowledge of the glory of the Lord if it's just some pastor preaching on a Sunday morning? I'm not angry. And he said this, and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing. We're not talking about some, oh, it's so dark out there, Darren. It's been such a, no, listen, we, if, you, if that's where we're stuck, we don't understand of the overflowing power of life that's on the inside. I'm not trying to be old school, but we got a river of life flowing out of us. We don't even know it. Is it a violent river? Is it a mean river? Is it an F-bomb on Facebook river? No, it's one filled with tender mercy and truth. Let me see your mercy, and then you can speak to me your truth. If you don't bring mercy, you don't have any right to bring your truth, because it's a muddied river, and no one will get clean in your river. How do I know that? God spoke that to me. I was down here planting this church, and man, I had this fire. I was young. I had zeal. I was like, God, I see this and this and this in the body, and this and this and this. And in his love, he's like, Darren... It's muddied, it's muddied with your offense. You can't even preach truth with an offended heart. You could be 100% right and still be 100% wrong because of the offense in you. It's why we gotta get cleaned up of this. We need God to do something. Because you'll see a distorted Jesus And at the end of the day, this is my point here. Who you behold is who you'll become. You want to know God? Gaze upon him in the splendor of his beauty. Is it distorted? Healing, wholeness, back to Ephesians 4.13. Now, moving. Verse 15. says, John taught the truth about him, when he announced to the people, look at this, he's the one, set your hearts on him. We wanna know God, point two, eliminate all other options except for Jesus. One thing that I saw in 2020, I was like, wow, there was a lot we were holding on to as if it was eternal and valuable. And there was so much that wasn't even Jesus at all at the end of the day. He's the one. Set your hearts on him. Verse 16, and it says, and now out of his fullness... Because you got to understand where this, it's progressive here. It's, it's, you, see the, you see the beautiful progression of the word? It's like who we behold is who we become. Convinced in faith that that's the only option. If you've got backup options, that means you have other options. 
Have you ever been pressed in a corner where either God had to come through or that was it? We don't have a lot of that in America because we got a lot of options. We got a lot of options in this country. You go to other nations, you see people, they have one option, either Jesus heals me right now or I die. We were in Ghana years ago, man, we had people, we set up this medical thing and they were coming for legit medical help and all that stuff, but we said, hey, listen, before they even get to see the doctors and nurses, let's pray for them. The medicine is legit, but let's pray because some of these people, the medicine are aspirin, our, our, our gauze and our anti-sporin, whatever, is not going to help them. And we found out that some of this made the national news in Ghana. We found out that people had walked for days. We got put on the news and they saw it and they started walking from their houses in villages days away. Why? Because their only option was Jesus. I think about like the stripping that we're experiencing in our country. Maybe it's a gift. We're so, please hear me. Like, I mean, it's been hard and I'm, I'm compassionate. Totally. Like, but man, what if, man, God could use it? To give us a little more like, man, God, I have to have you. In other words, we, there's, this isn't going to go the way we think it's going to go. Economically, spiritually, whatever the case may be. But we're not lacking. Because <laughs> he says in verse 16, and now out of his, come on, now out of his, we are, now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. This is crazy. And from him we receive grace heaped upon more grace. Word picture right here, Greek definition, divine enabling power. Okay, it's not, it's, that's not like hype. It's not emotionalism. It's not working it up in your own strength. He says that out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. The Bible talks about lacking nothing. And from him, we receive grace heaped upon more grace. Beholding Jesus. Becoming like Jesus. Eliminating every other option. I mean, come on. And if you don't think we can do it here, we can. Because David, who was a billionaire, said, Lord, I have need of you. He could have solved all of his problems with his money in the time. And God said, there's a man after my own heart. Are you catching this? I'm not talking you have to become poor or broken or messed up, and then all of a sudden, then you're going to get God. No, it's about being postured. I have need of the Lord. And for those who have need of God, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. The first beatitude, the first entrance into life. Do you need Jesus? So as you surrender all, you'll receive all. No loss, only gain. Last verse. It's so fitting because it's so appropriate for us to hear this. In verse 17, he says, And Moses gave us 
the law. But Jesus, the anointed one, the Christ, that's where that name comes from. That word right there, anointed one, Christ, who unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. There it is, bookended right there. No more law living. It's time to be fueled by divine enablement. Can I get really raw with you right now? Where this is hitting the road for me in this tension moment in human history is Wendy and I are having these conversations. We're like, man, that person is really hard to love right now. Anybody else? No show of hands. (laughs) Sit on the hands. Put your hands in your pockets. You'll be okay. This person is really hard to love right now. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Jesus. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Stephen, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Sergio, Wendy, Ashley, Lucas. You made a way for us to enter the holy place. You were the bridge of heaven to the earth, Lord Jesus. You are Jacob's ladder. And because of that, surely God is in this place. Not just in a room, but in a heart. Not just in a heart, but in a moment. Not just in a moment, but in a city. Not just in a city, but in a state and a nation and nations of the earth. We are our brother's keeper. And the ethnoses, the ethnocentric people groups of the earth, black, brown, white, red, yellow, will worship Jesus before the throne because they know him. Look at me for a minute. This is a crazy thought. Wendy was talking about the other day, she went through a class and the teacher was saying how everyone's name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Did you know that? But we blot our names out of it. So who's going to advocate for the one who's trying to cancel his name out because he's under deception or she's under, you know, unbelief that God could love her for what she's done? When you know God, you're going to stand for the earth. You're going to even stand for your enemies. You'll allow even persecution against you to work for you to become more like the Lord. Would you stand as we close today? Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. 
Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.